0: July is National Hot Dog Month, and as National Hot Dog Day is held the third Wednesday of every July, I thought today we'd talk about one of the top food items consumed here in the greatest city in the world. This is the story of Chicago hot dogs. I'm Tommy Henry, and this is the Chicago History Podcast. According to estimates from the National Hot Dog and Sausage Association, on average, the United States consumes a whopping 20 billion hot dogs a year. If I did the math correctly, based on the current population here in America, that breaks down to 60 hot dogs per year for each of the 332 million residents. Bonkers. Whether it is a plain dog, a Chicago dog, a char dog, chili dog, chili cheese dog, or even one of those newfangled plant based garden dogs, Chicagoans can't resist food in a bun. We've even got a hot dog place inside our Home Depot locations called Fixin' Frank's. Before we get started, for those of you not familiar with a Chicago dog, this is what that usually means. You start with an all beef natural casing dog, such as a Vienna beef. It can be boiled or steamed. You place it in a poppy seed bun, such as S. Rosen's Mary Ann, steam warmed. Add yellow mustard. I like the squiggly line. Add some neon green sweet relish, then chopped white onions, two or three fresh ripe tomato wedges or slices, one or two kosher style dill pickle spears or slices two or three hot pickled green sport peppers, that's optional, and a dusting of celery salt. Now, there are many places that do things their own way, but this is pretty much the accepted practice. Also, I'm going to mention a number of hot dog places in this episode, but if I don't mention yours, it isn't because it isn't worthy, but as the city has at any time 1,800-plus hot dog stands, which is more than all the McDonald's, Burger King's, and Wendy's locations combined, it would be tough to get to them all. Much of the information about hot dogs and food in general wasn't clearly documented back in the day, and much of what one reads now comes from corporate websites regurgitating, no pun intended, stories handed down over the decades that may appear a little self serving. I've done my best to boil things down for you. In Frankfurt, Germany, way back in the 13th century, pork sausages bearing a strong resemblance to today's hot dogs were served at the coronation of Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian II. My kind of party. As many of you know, the term Frankfurter refers to the city of Frankfurt, while wieners, said with a V, and hamburgers are named after Vienna and Hamburg. Respectively. Skipping ahead to Chicago, the earliest hot dog brand in Chicago was David Berg, founded in 1860. David Berg was not only one of the first companies to produce hot dogs in America, they also held the United States Department of Agriculture inspection approval, number no. one. David Berg would later introduce hot dogs at the ballpark located at 39th Street between Wentworth and Princeton used by the Chicago White Sox before Comiskey Field was even built. Chicago's status as hog-butcher to the world and having the stockyards as such a prominent part of the city's industry was sure to bring out those interested in the meat business. One of those was a 14-year-old boy named Oscar Meyer, who came to the United States from Bavaria in 1873. After a time in Detroit, Meyer moved to Chicago where he got a job at a local meat market, followed by 6 years working for Armour and Company, one of the biggest meat packing houses in the city in the Chicago stockyards. Back in Germany, Oscar Meyer's brother Gottfried had become an excellent wurstmacher, a sausage maker and a ham curer that must have looked cool on his business cards. Gottfried joined his brother Oscar in Chicago, and they started selling their German sausages in 1883 on the city's north side. First day's take? $59. That's a little more than $1,700 adjusted for inflation. Those Meyer brothers moved into a bigger storefront at 285 Sedgwick, which, after Chicago Street renumbering, became 1241 North Sedgwick. Oscar Mayer even got involved in Chicago politics, becoming the secretary in the German Democratic State Committee and, according to the Chicago Eagle newspaper, was key in getting Carter Harrison elected mayor in 1911. The Wienermobile, basically a car that is shaped like a giant hot dog, was introduced in 1936. At one point, I read they had seven or eight on the road doing promotional events around the country. And, of course, many of you of a certain age may remember this commercial. Oh, I'd love to be an Ackermeyer wiener. That is what I truly like to be. Because if I were an Ackermeyer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. And this one. Y-E-R. Oh, I love to eat it every day, and if you ask me why, well, I'll say, cause Oscar Mayer has a way with a Oscar Mayer, the first name in Bologna. How's that? Oscar Mayer moved their headquarters to their main packing plant in Madison, Wisconsin, in 1957. The company traded hands a few more times over the years and was eventually acquired by Kraft Heinz. Kraft Heinz announced in 2015 it would move Oscar Mayer's headquarters and meat business back to, where else, Chicago. Chicago. When it comes to producing hot dogs in Chicago, the undisputed king is Vienna Beef, a company that's been around since the late 1800s. Sausage makers Emil Reichel and Samuel Leideny emigrated to the United States from Austria-Hungary in 1890 and, like many other enterprising individuals, came to Chicago for the World's Fair slash Columbian Exposition in 1893, setting up a sausage stand. The pair's meat products sold well, not surprising, with more than 25 million hungry visitors enjoying the fair, and the duo decided to remain in the city. Ladeny and Reichel opened their first facility in 1894 at 417 South Halstead Street, now 1104 South Halstead, formally adopting the name Vienna Sausage Company. One of the reasons for Vienna's success, instead of sausages that use the more common pork and blended meat ingredients, theirs were 100% beef in keeping with dietary laws associated with kosher food preparation. By the turn of the century, Vienna was selling to other retailers as their sausage empire grew. Bob Schwartz is a guy who knows his hot dogs and knows hot dog history. He moved to Chicago from Cleveland in 1972, taking a job as the regional sales manager for Vienna Beef. In 1991, he stepped into the role of senior VP, where he has been for more than 31 years. Schwartz even wrote a book called Never Put Ketchup on a Hot Dog, a look at the history and places behind the much-consumed meat product. Published in 2010, it features a preface from actor Joe Mantegna and a foreword from Chicago radio and TV personality Bob Surratt. According to Schwartz, quote, The first hot dog stands really appeared during the Depression. They created the Depression Dog, which is the way you get all your food groups for a nickel. You put on mustard, a little relish, chopped onions, and cucumber, Schwartz recalled. That was their version of dragging it through the garden. In the post-war era, Vienna Beef assisted many entrepreneurs open their own hot dog businesses, helping those interested get the equipment and teaching them how to operate from day to day. Of course, It didn't hurt that many of those new hot dog stands showed their appreciation by proudly serving only Vienna beef products, which is why one of the most often spotted signs at a hot dog stand in Chicago carries the Vienna logo. In the late 1950s and 1960s, hot dog spots began showing up in the rapidly expanding suburbs. This is also the time that the true dragged-through-the-garden dog, the one with all the toppings I listed at the top of the episode, began to show up. Now, on to some Chicago hot dog places of note. Dave's Red Hots at Roosevelt and Homan in the Lawndale neighborhood was thought to have opened in 1938, making it one of the oldest operating hot dog joints in the city, but its story is a little more involved than that. In August of 2021, Chicago Tribune writer Louisa Chu detailed the story of Gina Fountain, one of the current operators of Dave's Red Hots. Fountain is part of four generations of Black women whose family has owned Dave's for more than fifty years. The history that they knew of the original owners was thin, pretty much lost to the ages. Within a few weeks of that story, relatives of the original owners and an eighty-something who once ate hot dogs five days a week there stepped forward to fill in some of the details. Dave Kaplan was a teenager when he left Russia and traveled to America, eventually settling in Chicago. Kaplan was a builder and a carpenter around Chicago who lost everything when the Great Depression hit, and in order to provide for his wife Ida and their children, he decided to open a hot dog stand in the early 1930s, which means the oldest hot dog stand in Chicago is around 90 years old as of this recording. One of the Kaplan sons, Izzy, even went on to become a distributor of Vienna beef sausage products. The Kaplan family eventually sold the hot dog stand, and it ended up being run by the Carm family for 30 years, starting in 1941. After the 1968 West Side Riots, the Carm family ran Dave's for a few more years before selling it to Gina Fountain's father, Eugene Gaines. Another early hot dog joint was Flukie's, started by Abe Fluky Drexler, who converted his produce stand into a hot dog stand on Maxwell Street during the Great Depression. According to a 2008 Time Out article, Fluky's founder, 20-year-old Drexler, came up with the memorable name based on a cruel childhood prank he survived. As part of a grade school initiation, Drexler was dragged up three flights of stairs by a rope around his neck. One of the kids there later said it was a fluke. Drexler didn't get killed. Flukies eventually opened in a permanent location on the far north side on Western Avenue. It was later bought and renamed You Lucky Dog, which has since closed. Flukies will live on in the hearts of hot dog fans, and maybe for another reason. According to Bob Schwartz in Never Put Ketchup on a Hot Dog, during a television special, Frank Sinatra changed the words to My Kind of Town and sung Fluky's Hot Dogs, Chicago Is. The Wiener's Circle in the 2600 block of North Clark in Lincoln Park is often entertaining before you even get inside. Their marquee outside of the establishment often cleverly reflects their stance on issues of the day. Late-night visitors, they are open until 4 a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays, can expect a barrage of profane, but often comedic insults to be thrown their way. During Conan O'Brien's visit to Chicago in 2012 for a week of tapings for his late-night show, he sent actor Jack McBrayer and Triumph, the insult comic dog, to Wiener's Circle and hilarity ensued. I'll have a link to the segment in the show's notes. One of the most successful hot dog places to originate in the Chicago area is Portillo's. The first Portillo's location opened in 1963 on North Avenue in Villa Park, a suburb about Twenty-one miles due west of downtown Chicago. Back then it wasn't even called Portillos. It was called the Dog House, and instead of the ten thousand square foot locations you'll find today, it was well less impressive. Back in nineteen sixty three, owner and founder Dick Portillo invested eleven hundred dollars, that's about ten thousand six hundred dollars adjusted for inflation, towards a six foot by twelve foot trailer. There was no bathroom or running water. To get the water he needed for food prep, Portillo ran a 250-foot garden hose to the trailer from a nearby building. Within four years, the business was renamed Portillo's, and it moved into a new building, one that did not require a garden hose. The first Portillo's drive through opened in suburban Downers Grove in 1983, and in 1985, Dick Portillo was featured in Forbes magazine as an up-and-comer for his success. It took almost 30 years for the first Portillo's to open in the city of Chicago at the corner of Clark and Ontario, that location features items purchased from the original Chicago Stadium, including the Chicago Blackhawks 1938 Stanley Cup banner. Portillo's has gradually expanded and as of this recording has 67 locations in 9 states with 2021 revenues of more than 500 million dollars. That's a lot of poppy seeds. I posed the following question on social media earlier this week. City and suburban Chicagoans, what is your go-to place when you are craving a hot dog? Name of the establishment and neighborhood, please. Here are some of the responses I received. Eric wrote Sammy's in Round Lake. Jim said Lola's at Grand and Chicago. Rod's goes to Teddy's Red Hots in Downers Grove, which is actually one of my favorites in my youth working at a record store near there. Adam likes Flubba Dub Chubbs in Lakeview East. John has been going to Wojo's at 99th and Pulaski since high school in the early 90s. Kim said Byron's on Irving Park. Craig said Herms and Skokie. Sean wrote Patio Beef at Broadway and Norwood in Edgewater. And Pete likes Hot Dog Station in Albany Park. I did have one response from Over the Border in lovely Hammond, Indiana. My dude Tom Kutzer is a fan of Madvick's Doghouse on Calumet Avenue. The response I read more than any other from people like Rose and Mandy and Gail... Superdog, which, in addition to being a hot dog story, is also a love story. In August of 1947, World War II vet Maury Berman married his high school sweetheart, Florence, who went by Flory. Maury was attending Northwestern University with plans to become a CPA, while Flory was teaching in Chicago Public Schools. With summers off, they wanted to start a business to operate during those months to make some extra cash, so they decided to open a roadside hot dog stand in May of 1948 at the corner of Milwaukee, Devon, and Nagel. Maury designed the original 20-foot by 12-foot building, which featured two 12-foot tall hot dog icons, and the Bermans set out to create a secret proprietary recipe to set their hot dogs apart from other joints. As for what to name their new hot dog spot? Well, inspired by the comic book craze of the 1940s, they decided to call their business Super Dog. That's D-A-W-G. This is also the name for their hot dogs. Trust me, don't go in and order a hot dog as they don't have those. You have to order a Super Dog. A fire in the late 1950s shut Super Dog down for nearly five years, but they rebuilt and came back better than ever. There have been a number of changes at Superdog over the last 70 years, most notably the passing of Maury and Flory, but Superdog is still family-run. You can still order from your car, and a friendly car hop will bring your meal right to the window, or you can eat at their outside tables. They even added a second location 11 miles north on Milwaukee Avenue in suburban Wheeling in May of 2009. While there is often someone who will feel the need to make comments about what goes in a hot dog, sketchy ingredient issues are really a thing of the past. Today's Vienna beef dog, for example, is made from choice cuts of brisket and bull, not cow meat. While a beef steak would not be so easy to chew, once processed and blended with the brisket meat and the added seasonings and spices before it goes into the casing, It becomes the tasty treat it is today. It is hard to believe it didn't exist before then, but in 1994, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council was established by the American Meat Institute, the largest and oldest trade association that represents the U.S. meat and poultry industry, according to the website... The Council provides consumers with media, with information concerning nutrition, preparation, safety, and quality of sausages and hot dogs as iconic American foods. The Council organizes and sponsors numerous events held across the United States with profits from the events often given to charities. As for the ketchup on the hot dog thing, it has been way over discussed, but it will seem odd not to include it here. There are many who feel that the Chicago dog already has the perfect blend of flavors and adding the sweetness of ketchup overpowers the rest of the toppings. But you know what? As I said in a previous episode, if you want to add ketchup or peanut butter or whatever on your hot dog, good on you. We all like things the way we like them so you do you. For those of you rushed for time or maybe don't want to buy all the ingredients to make a proper Chicago dog, there are a few companies that make condiment bottles with everything already blended. You can just open the bottle and slather your dog with the toppings. My go-to is the one from the Chicago-based company Big Fork, also known for their bacon-infused sausages be honest, you're craving a hot dog or two right about now. Thanks for listening to this episode about Chicago hot dogs. This episode was researched, written, recorded, and edited by me, Tommy Henry. If you have questions about anything covered today, anything to add, or have an idea for a future episode, I'd love to hear about it. And I do mean here. You can leave me a voice message just by going to chicagohistorypod.com and clicking on the microphone in the lower right corner. Depending on the content of your message, I may play it on a future episode, so keep it clean. Continuing to astound me, John K. Schneider, the guy behind that amazing art for the podcast you see used on the Chicago History Podcast social media pages. If you need art for your project, there is no one better. Reach out to John at JKS on Instagram or via email at AngelEyesArtJKS at gmail.com. I will be back soon with more stories from Chicago's history. Until then, get out and explore when possible. Have a hot dog. Learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe.